Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Yeah. And when we're done here, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look at a million resumes. Well, not resumes, actually. A million work samples and cover letters. I have so many people to hire, and I just thought you'd want to know that. Okay. Yep. Well, we never know how we're going to start these. We kind of just press the button and go. So that's that's what I have to that's say. That's what you're going to do? That's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do when we're um, done? I actually have a Zoom date with my sister. Oh, nice! Yeah, we try to do it every every Wednesday evening. Hilariously, you're like three blocks away from I each know, other. not even, but we can't really... Can't see each other, yeah. I, but you that's know, nice. If we're obeying the rules, we can't see each other. Yeah, so. which... Yeah. which um, you you and your sister, even as like younger adults, weren't super close. Like you've gotten closer, yeah, very in much the last so. few years, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. grateful that Kendall and I were. I wouldn't say my sister and I are close. I wouldn't say that we're like friends, but we're sisters and we love each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, yeah. I mean, you're really different, and you're in a so different, different phases in your lives. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Four years is a long time. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a long time, but between so, I mean, between. My sister and I, it's a long time because we're so different. We are opposite people yeah, in you, so many ways. You are. Yeah. You are. But, you know, what What I like about our family is that we don't agree on everything, but we love each other fiercely. Yeah. And that's a good thing. I think aggressively is a better term. Aggressively. <laughs> we love each other aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> well, an interesting little segue there. We're going to talk today about passion. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something our family has in spades. <laughs> and I'm not talking about physical passion. I'm talking no, no. about intense emotional longing. Yes. Yeah. Um, some of us feel like the, the pandemic has sort of drained the passion out of us. Mm. And, and I can relate to that. Even I'm very passionate about painting. Um, and it, painting normally fills me with pleasure and peace. And mm. these days I'm even finding that a bit boring. That's fair. I mean, I finished the the mama bear and the baby bear it's painting, painting, and I really like the painting. Um, but now I'm starting on florals, and it's just like, yeah, florals for spring. Maybe, maybe I have breaking. to do maybe I have to do more bears. More bears. I you've had a bit of a bear renaissance lately, yeah. and I'm into your bear I renaissance. Really like bears. I yeah. also really like bears. I have a whole bear tattoo on my forearm. That's yeah, true. I do. Well, and of course, your nickname as a little kid was Kevy bear. bear. Yeah. But when people, that's the explanation I give when people are like, oh, what's with the bear tattoo? First they say, is that a wolf? And I think, oh, it's a bear. And then they go, because he admittedly, for a bear, has a bit of a scrunched face. So he does look <laughs> a little wolfy. But it's fine. His name is Clarence. Um, but, and I, people ask why. And I, I say, um, and my parents called me Kev Bear when I was a kid. It's more complicated than that. But that's, that's the short answer. <laughs> well, and our... Communication, when you were growing up, you your love language is gifts. Mm-hmm. And I would often give you gifts of different little bears. Little bears. Yeah, I remember yeah. those little bears. Yeah. Well, I would say that uh, even though I'm feeling kind of bored and flat these days, a little passionless, normally in my real life, because I'm pretty sure this is just a nightmare I'm going to wake up from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In my real life, I'm very passionate. 
Um, I think my husband is sometimes afraid to leave me alone for fear of what passion crazed project I'll dream up next. Which is hilarious that you say that because he's also always working on something. He he is, but I have sort of taken on things that we had no idea how to do. But yeah, that's fair. You have that done I, that. You decided like it was God wanted me to do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I think I think Dad probably thinks I need a passionectomy most of the time. <laughs> But I've learned that passion has a tendency to leak. When we aren't sure how to find it or protect it, we can lose our passion altogether. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Kev, and also our listener today, where does your passion rank on the Richter scale? Right now? These days, yeah. For everything? Yeah. But 10.0, I think, is the top of a Richter scale, or is it 8? No, I think it's 10. I think it's 10. That would make more sense than 8. Scale that goes to eight. Uh, like a six. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I mean, for me, I usually run at a ten. Like, I usually, I burn hot <laughs> for the things I'm passionate yeah, about, you, right? That's I, true, I go hard. I'm, I am a passionate person. Yes, you are. Um, someone <laughs> found, when someone found out my high school boyfriend and I were dating in high school, um, this person said to him, oh, you're dating her? She's really opinionated like it's just part of my identity to be passionate so six is pretty low for me yeah but pretty good for probably the average bear yeah yeah uh yeah i'm 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 i need a palm tree in my life (laughs) you do need a palm tree (laughs) and a beach and you're also more extroverted than i am a little bit yeah well yeah maybe significantly but yeah, I'm really missing people. Yeah. And I'm really hating cold weather and being trapped inside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mostly fine. <laughs> well, as I said, passion has a tendency to leak. And when we're, we're not sure how to find it or protect it, we can lose it. So I also want to say there's no shame in being passionless and exhausted. Oh, yeah. Only, the only shame would be in, in choosing to stay that way. Um, so let's just be honest about where we are right now, and then let's let God help us rediscover and reignite the passion that he's placed in us. A little pilot light. Yeah. So here's the most important thing I'm going to say in this program. Passion is about beauty, not duty. Hmm. So it's about what it's about what we need to do to express what God has placed in us. It's not about what people expect of us or what earns a paycheck or the things that we have to do. It's it's the need inside us mm-hmm. to let out what God planted in there. Yeah. So um, what is the focus of your passion when it's alive and well? I'm wondering if most people know what their own is. Yeah. What are, you have a few. I have some. What am I not passionate about? <laughs> Most of them are social justice related um, and equity related. You probably have a justice pathway. You're like pathway to God. Yeah. 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 Not that I'm not saying that there's all these different ways to get to God, but but we feel close to God in different ways. Yes. And when you're fighting for justice. Yeah. Does that does that make you feel like you're. Yeah. That to me, that feels this sounds very um, heretical, uh, but that, you know, our goal on this earth is to 
live the example that Jesus mm-hmm. gave us. I feel the most like Jesus when I am fighting for people who need someone to fight for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is when I... heretical at all. <laughs> I, the phrase that was like, I feel most like Jesus when. Oh. <laughs> um, that is when I feel like I'm in line. I get what God wants, which obviously I can never really know that for sure. There's always going to be inside and outside influences that color yeah. my agenda. I shouldn't say never, but it, it's hard to distinguish, right. but... There are some things, quite a lot of social justice issues are pretty clear from the Bible. Yeah, and and that's when I feel like, and, and even if there is some, like, some gray in terms of, like, this specific thing isn't mentioned in the Bible or what have you, um, the determination that showing love, showing God's love, mm-hmm. and showing God's uncomplicated love. Yes is the most important thing, that's when I feel like I get God. And and that's what I feel like I've God has wired me for. Because that is what sets my heart on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much always has been, at least since I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't really know what the focus of their passion is. Yeah. But today, I would like us to look at how to find our passion in the first place and then how to protect it from the things that threaten and dampen it in the real world. One of the ways that we can find our passion amidst the overwhelming choices, responsibilities, and opportunities in our lives is to ask ourselves this question. If I were to say no to everything else in my life, what is the one thing that would get a deep, resounding yes? Like, what matters to me so much that after saying no to many things, what would still remain in my life? Because once I own that deeper yes in me, that can help me guide um, all, all my future decisions. That, that non- non-negotiable thing helps us know what to say yes to and when to say no. We can also use that big yes to determine um, what demands of our time, money, energy, and attention are worthy of our smaller yeses Mm. and which are not. Does that make sense? Uh, Not quite, but I can also see your notes and I see the example you're about to give and I think that'll make it make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, you're backstage now at Grow on the Go. Yeah, yeah. Pull okay. back the curtain so, real quick here. I've already mentioned I really dislike winter. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. not a dislike. It's your brain doesn't make a whole lot of serotonin for you in the yeah. winter. You yeah. you suffer quite a bit in the winter. Yeah, it's not my favorite for no. sure. So um, I dislike winter, but I am passionate about being with my family, being yep. available to my family. And because of that, I won't move to Costa Rica. Yet. <laughs> no, I I can't see myself ever moving there full time. I mean, I could see myself spending a, a month or two or th- even three in the winter. <laughs> a quarter, yeah. <laughs> um, but I need to be in relationship with my family. So the big yes of being with my family directs my no to living near the beach. Okay, so um, maybe I'll give you another example. But first of all, let me just say, I would say my passions in, in order are my relationship with God, my relationships with my family, my work as an evangelist and spiritual influencer, and my art. 
Now, I began my life as my career life as an interior designer because of my passion for creative expression. But I realized along the way that although creativity is an expression of how God designed me, and it is a passion, it wasn't as important to me as the passion to influence where people spend eternity. The big yes of being a spiritual influencer helped me to say no to a creative career, and I I made a course correction. My sideline of painting allows that creative passion to find its place, but it isn't what I spend the majority of my time doing. Mm. Yeah. So how about you? Uh, That's hard. So I'll be totally honest and vulnerable. It doesn't paint me in the best light. In order, I think my passions would be, this is really unflattering, um, would be social justice, family, performing, God. It's not mm. great, <laughs> but you know I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't judge you. I, I don't yeah, know. I know. I c- couldn't say what your passions are. But, um, well, and to me, social justice is part of God. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're like, I don't. That is part of if 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 God being uh, your your biggest passion for you means spending tons of time in Bible study. Yeah. Then you would have to say no. But if it means fighting for what God cares about. Yeah. Which is people. Which in my is, opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 loving people, which yeah. demands that we correct injustice. And making sure people have what they need. I'm, like, tearing up because I'm really passionate. <laughs> um, making sure people have what they need and can live safely and comfortably. Yeah. And So I'm just saying, I'm not sure, so sure your assessment is. And I wasn't asking you to name your priorities in order like I did or your your passion well, priorities. you just kind of said I sort of, and looked I sort at me, did, so, so it was an open-ended sorry, question. Sorry, I really put you on the no, spot. you sure here. did. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, in terms of, like, going to church and, like, Christian fellowship, that is not high on my priority list. Mm. But I guess outreach, you could say, like, showing people love, mm-hmm. that is top priority mm-hmm. to me. And for everybody, there needs to be a balance. But I would say the, by far the majority of Christians spend way too much time in their Christian cocoon yeah. without making any kind of a difference in the world. Yeah. Well, and I, I do know that your your criticism, and I use that word gently, uh, of, of me is that I do the opposite, which is mm-hmm. not an unreasonable. <laughs> it's not unreasonable. Um, but, yeah, my I'm, I'm uh, certainly in the world. Whether I'm of it is a different conversation. Yeah, I. So, what were you asking me? <laughs> That's not what you were um, asking. I guess I was asking you for an example of how your big yes, yeah, um, helps you decide on smaller yeses. Um, my big yes, yeah. So, I will say no to things that I think could be harmful or. Um, further marginalize a marginalized community. Uh-huh. Um, I was once asked to read a land acknowledgement and I made their, and like, I love performing, even if it's reading a land acknowledgement, um, which if you're not familiar, a land acknowledgement is just essentially standing up and saying like, I acknowledge that what we're about to do is on land that was, uh, that belongs 
um, to the following like, First Nations, First Nations yeah. um, and Indigenous people. I was asked to read one of those, but I wanted to make sure it was written by an Indigenous person or at the very least checked by someone who was very in line mm-hmm. um, with with what the Indigenous community wants from that. So, um, and it, that was a thing. And and so I didn't have to turn that down. But if I wasn't satisfied that the right people were consulted, I would have turned it down. Right. Um, because let's not do it if it's not... Honoring. Honoring, yeah. And I love performing. I, I will take almost any opportunity to be in front of a stage. But if it's something that I feel, yeah, even just isn't honoring mm-hmm. to people that really are underrepresented, I'm not comfortable being part of it. Okay. Good example. So that's, yeah, and it sounds so self-righteous to say, but here it is. <laughs> there it is. You, you've, you've had to be authentic. In, I've in run the gamut here, today. but also I'm so holy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Oh, I think that um, the things that we're passionate about, the, the things that make us weep and pound the table. <laughs> Most <laughs> things, but specifically um, those yeah. things, yeah. Um, those are the things... Uh, what do you see and experience in your world, and I'm asking the listener, yeah. that arouses your deeper yes until it kind of rises up within you like a little caveman and starts beating on his chest? Yeah. <laughs> in his autobiography, uh, Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela tells the story about how his passion to win freedom for his people in, in South African apartheid unfolded. He he grew up in, among the Zosa tribe, and I know I'm not saying that right. It involves clicking, and I, I just, I don't have the tools. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the instrument for that no, particular... No, I don't. It's seriously underdeveloped. But anyway, um, when he was growing up among his tribe in the South African Transvaal, he didn't realize he wasn't free. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he was a young man that he began to realize that the freedom that he thought he had never really existed. And that's when he began to hunger for it. So here it is in his words. But then I slowly saw that it was not just my freedom that was curtailed, but the freedom of everyone who looked like I did. It was this desire for the freedom of my people to live their lives with dignity and self-respect that animated my life that transformed a frightened young man into a bold one, that drove a law-abiding attorney to become a criminal, that turned a family-loving husband into a man without a home, that forced a life-loving man to live like a monk. I am no more virtuous or self-sacrificing than the next man, but I found that I could not even enjoy the poor and limited freedoms I was allowed when I knew my people were not free. It was during those long and lonely years that my hunger for the freedom of my own people became a hunger for the freedom of all people, white and black. I knew as well as I knew anything that the oppressor must be liberated just as surely as the oppressed. A man who takes away another man's freedom is a prisoner of hatred. He is locked behind the bars of prejudice and narrow-mindedness. I am not truly free if I am taking away someone else's freedom. Just as I am, sh- just as surely as I am not free when my freedom is taken away from me, the oppressed and the oppressor alike are robbed of their humanity. 
Isn't that powerful? That is a great point. <laughs> I just, uh, I have such admiration for Nelson Mandela. He's one of my heroes. He was such a great man. And he began with a hunger for his own freedom, and then the freedom for his people, and then went in full bloom, a passion for freedom, even for his oppressors. Mm -hmm. That passion was the deeper yes that made tolerable the 27 years separation from his family and the indignities of prison life. It made possible his choice to forgive and embrace those who had tried to rob him of his potential and rights and seek not revenge, but reconciliation. It was the driving force of his life. And today, Mandela's memory is revered by both black and white in South Africa. Mm -hmm. He's probably the sole reason South Africa didn't erupt into civil war uh, during apartheid or at the end of apartheid. Mandela's passion for freedom, uh, freedom for all, not just for, for black people, people yeah. was his deeper yes. But it began with what Bill Hybels describes as a firestorm of frustration. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what awakens our passion, some kind of catalyst that shifts us out of a, a neutral, normal, reactive, self-absorbed default mode into a state where we're fueled to engage the world intentionally with optimism, creativity, and energy focused on making a difference. So here's a question sort of out of left field. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why God left us on this planet instead of whisking us away to heaven the moment we accepted him into our lives? I actually haven't. <laughs> I've never wondered that, but now I am. <laughs> We're still here because God isn't finished with us yet. Mm. You know, he has more to do in us for sure, but he also has more to do through us. We each have a job description. There's something that we are each uniquely equipped for because of the way God has lovingly and intentionally created us and uniquely positioned us in the world. The Bible tells us that the story of our lives is already written. Psalm 39, 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Your life, as recorded in God's book, isn't just a big blank page. God has plans that hinge on you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Nothing about our lives is accidental. We were each placed strategically by God where we live at this particular period in history, because that is where our lives can make the greatest impact. Um, I get this from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 17, verse 26, where it says, From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Hmm. Interesting, hey? There are things that you and I are meant to do. That deeper yes in you is what tells you where to begin. So what do you love and what do you hate? These are passion questions. They reflect your spiritual heartbeat. Just think for a minute about, about your heart. It's the motivational impulse of your life. And just as we each have a unique physiological heartbeat pattern, God has given us each a unique emotional heartbeat that races with excitement, 
when we come across um, things that interest us and pounds with frustration when we encounter injustice, right? We feel deeply about some things and not about others. And am I ever glad? I mean, we'd blow up if we cared equally about everything, right? I'm so tired all the time. And I care, like, <laughs> I care about, like, 1% of the things in the world. There's, I mean, there's so much and we're different. And that's why all of us need to be engaged. That God-given motivation, what makes us frustrated, what that firestorm of frustration um, is is like an internal guidance system mm-hmm. for our lives. It it fuels and expresses our deeper our deeper yes. We can find incredible meaning and fulfillment in life when we're using everything that we have, our spiritual gifts, our natural abilities, and whatever other resources we have to make a difference in the world where we are passionate to see change. So instead of being sidetracked by the complexities of our lives, the focus of our lives can be those passions that we share with Jesus, those heavenly impulses that God has smuggled into this world by hiding them in our hearts. When we keep our heart connected to our brain, our passion helps us know what to say yes to and when to say no. It's not like life's suddenly going to be without challenges, but we will experience a new clarity about why we're here and find great fulfillment in that. So when you discover your deeper yes, what do you do? What do you do next? Well, the next thing you do is is pray (laughs) and ask for guidance. What am I supposed to do with this, God? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, you know, you could say I've kind of just come through this recently because um, we primarily speak to Christians on Grow on the Go. Yes. And I, my passion is for evangelism. Mm -hmm. And that's where the idea of the Share Show came, is that we could help people who are in our regular listening audience uh, reach out to people in their lives who don't know Jesus, Mm -hmm. people that I would never meet, that you would never meet, and um, give them maybe a tool to have a shared conversation that might take them into the realm of talking about how people can have Jesus in their lives. Mm -hmm. So um, we really hope that our our listeners will, um, you know, get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, help. It's our deeper yes. Um, <laughs> and you're responsible for achieving that. Uh, no, that was a joke. Um, so one thing you said, um, you've kind of, you made a career change to fulfill your, your deeper yes. Mm-hmm. Is that necessary? Do we have to? No, I don't think so. I think that's, that's a decision that needs to be made between an individual and God. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you don't have to, you know, quit, um, you know, working at pod marketing to go and, uh, you know, fight for the rights of, of transgendered people or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we do have to weigh our priorities with yeah. our passions, right? Mm-hmm. And figure out what works for us and what doors God's opening for us. I think I think a really good way to, um, to continue getting involved after we, we really pray about it is to research who's already working in the arena that we feel called Mm. and to see like to check out the websites of other organizations that are doing what you want to see done and just see where you can find a fit that's great advice and also i think probably a good place for us to stop um we'd love to hear feedback from you please 
follow us on Instagram, Girl on the Go Pod. Feel free to comment. We'd love to hear from you. We post videos that I think are hilarious. Um, but in the meantime, that is it for us today on Girl on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 